Beyond the Fence Line, a podcast brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Created by landowners for landowners, we're proud to play a role in conserving the Texas legacy of wide open spaces. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Fence Line. I'm Chad Ellis, the CEO of Texas Ag Land Trust. And today we're going to really talk about uh, about one of our partners on their landscape and, and great land stewards that we all love so much. And we appreciate all of their work uh, that they do, not only for them, themselves and their family, but for all, all of us Texans that, that get to enjoy it. So um, they're gonna kind of visit about, you know, the conservation easement. We're getting close to that last stage. And I think really hearing from them and, and uh, understanding their decisions and what you know, got them to the point where we are today. And so um, my special guest today, uh, I'm, you know, truly blessed and honored is uh, Deborah Clark and Emery Birdwell from the Birdwell Clark Ranch, just outside Henrietta in Clay County. And I've been very fortunate to know both Deborah and Emery for some, quite some time and got to see, you know, all their blood, sweat and tears and passion on the ranch and uh, protecting those working lands um, firsthand and uh, really appreciate both of you uh, for joining us today. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Certainly are. Well, um, thank you both. And uh, more importantly, for embracing the opportunity to uh, for us to have the discussion and, and all you've done, like I said, for you know save, saving our Texas working lands. Um, you know, when I really sit back and I think of, of you know, our space that we love so much and, um, and I think about, you know, stewardship takes land stewards, right? Or land stewards, it, it, it takes, you know, it takes folks like yourselves. And when I think about successful land stewards in our ranching community, I mean, the two of you come to my mind first off. And uh, really appreciate you guys and everything you've done. Um, and I'd really love, I think our listeners would love to, to hear from both of you of your story of how it, be, you know, how it began and where you are today and really where you, you see the Birdwell Clark Ranch in the future. Well, I'll get started. Um, I don't think we really knew what was going to happen when we closed on this ranch on January 30th in 2004. What we did know is that it was the first time our careers came together. I'd had a separate career in telecom and Emory, of course, had always been in ranching. And uh, it, this provided an opportunity for us to really come together. I'm not saying it was easy, but those first few months were so exciting and fun and um, discovering this ranch from the, the corners of it to uh, this house that we moved into with all the surprises and the history. Uh, it, it was just a time of, again, in our lives for us to come together to start to figure out a common goal and common future. Um, when I got here, I will share with you that I didn't know the difference between a heifer and a steer. And I know that that was very frustrating to Mr. Birdwell, who's sitting next to me. 
Um, and, and, and I certainly didn't really understand about stewardship or conservation. Uh, I thought if it was green, they would eat it, meaning the cattle would eat it. Uh, I just, I had such a huge learning curve. Of course, Emory didn't, he's so intimate with the land already. And he so, he knew, he could see things that needed to be done that I didn't even know were problems. You wanna to speak to that? Well, I certainly, I grew up and my day was a cowboy and rancher. He started from nothing and he built what he had from nothing. And of course, I learned at his feet. And, uh, then it, all the people I knew through him were better any were more knowledgeable and better teachers than any school I ever went to. And then I ran it, got to go to Allen Savory School, and it all kind of leapfrogged over a lot of things from that point on. Yeah, go ahead, Deborah. I just remember the first time, it sounds like that that movie out of that Tom Cruise movie, he, I still didn't know what we were doing and he took me out kind of on a date night and he took the pickup straight out into the paddock into the middle of a bunch of cattle and he started talking to me about something about holistic and that's when I, I tell him and I laugh, I said, you had me at holistic. Uh, because as, as an old hippie, somehow that felt like I was hearing these words from this this long, tall cowboy, and he was talking about holistic management, and he did hook me at that point in time. You know, I think the thing that that made both of y'all successful, right, in your relationship together as a family, your, your relationship to the land and what you've accomplished is that you both are lifelong learners and I, that's something that I admire from both of you very much. Well I, I think well, thank you for that and I do believe we're lifelong learners. Uh, learners. For, for my 70th birthday I gave myself um, the tuition money to go to Nicole Masters create course that took six <laughs> months of, my, of our my life and what I appreciate about Emory is that he comes in at nighttime and goes and sits in his chair with his favorite toddy in hand, it, but he doesn't stop thinking. He's constantly thinking about new ways to approach the problems we have or new ways to help make us better or make the land better. So thank you for saying that. I, I hope we never stop learning. No, uh, it's a mistake. It's a mistake in any business to think that you already know all there is to know, or you don't need to change half what you think you know. And uh, that's that's been our both of our strong points, I think, is to get past a lot of stuff and keep going. You, you know, Emory just we we sponsored a workshop here at the ranch with uh, Alan Williams with Understanding Ag, and Emory had never heard Alan in person, and I had I've, I've been around Alan or on workshops. And when Emory suggested that we use Alan Williams and bring him here and, and now even open the door to uh, maybe to some consultancy with, with him or representatives of Understanding Ag, again, it's a testament to the fact that we wanna just continue to, to learn and, and evaluate and reflect and execute things that might help us here at the ranch or help improve the ranch. Yeah, and you know, I think you take it the other step too, both of you, is that you're willing to share, you know, maybe, you know, your lessons. And some of those lessons were hard lessons of, you know, helping empower, you know, your, your fellow, other fellow ranchers. And, and, uh, and I think that's, you know, it, 
it takes us all to, to learn and, and be willing to, to have those conversations and work together and, and, uh, you know, improve, you know, it's a, you know, when we think about it, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a journey, not a destination, you know, in that improvement. And, um, you know, thinking about the continual improvement, you know, you guys, since you bought the ranch, as you said, you're constantly thinking of how do we do things better? How do we, how do we, you know, tweak this, you know, from the business side to the land side, to the cattle side, um, how do you improve your forage quality? Um, you know, all of those things, you know, maybe visit a little bit more of, of your operation and kind of talk about, you know, your stalker operation. And, and uh, I think you just finally maybe getting to take a breath today. I think you had your last pot load out yesterday, Emery. Well, and, we got three more to go in the morning. It's hard. They would all be gone, but it's hard getting trucks right now and for a lot of their, whatever reasons and a lot of reasons. So we got three more to go in the morning and we're through, at least here in Texas, because we have our Kansas cattle still to go in August. But uh, yes, we're through here and uh, it's, it, it's a good time. We normally go this time of year anyway, but it's a good time to be going for sure this year since it's dried up. Uh, we got lots of grass left for our water's running, it's getting lower as it is for everyone else. And uh, Norm, I looked watching the video today and normally we'd be trying starting to buy some cattle to, out front for to get into October. Right now I'm a little hesitant to just jump in with both feet to get started and I'll probably be over that by next week. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's what drove me crazy. The, the, you know, the, the 68th truck had just left the ranch this morning, the, taking cattle off the ranch. When I hear this noise in the background in the office and Emery's got Superior turned on and he's looking at the video auctions. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Can't, can't we have a break? Well, I almost bought one load, but it wouldn't have, they wouldn't have got here till October, so I just held off. And so, but uh, but you got to be looking ahead all the time and planning and thinking what ha might happen or what you need to happen or what's going to happen. So, uh, in any way, that's that's just the way we do it. So, yeah. So, what are you, Emory? I mean, thinking about that and the, the extreme drought we're in. Uh, man, and, and just looking at the forecast, I mean, I don't know when it's going to light up or, you know, kind of start relieving. I mean, how are you evaluating? I mean, you, you're, you definitely read the land and better than anybody. And what are you looking out at the landscape to start making those deci decisions of, you know, how many head? Is it October? Do you delay a little bit? Or, you know, what are you kind of walk me through your thought process there? Well, we're, we're going out and surprisingly the grass is still growing to a certain extent. We left the grass, enough grass cover there. The more grass you leave, the more grass you grow. And, and we're in pretty good shape. And we, we're going to have grass when we get to fall. It's had 150 days rest. So, and it'll be, it, if it don't rain, it's certainly going to be brown grass. But knowing that it's, and by monitoring how much we grow between now and middle of September or 1st of October, We'll, we'll 
estimate what we can or can't do. And of course, we've a lot of cattle we run on wheat also. So we'll be looking for that to happen. And so it's, uh, it's just looking at you, but I heard people say, we don't believe in weathermen and long range forecasts. You need to pay attention to them, whether you believe in them or not, and be aware that there might be a problem coming at you. And uh, so we're looking at that. And we'll, we're going to buy some cattle at some point or another because we do have the grass and we'll have some water. And you can't just be sitting here flat footed first of January and say, I need to eat out cattle. It just don't work. So right. uh, if we get them bought and we can't handle it, then we'll sell them or do something else with them. We won't hang on here till we grind it up. But uh, we're going to be moving one way or the other. Yeah, uh, great. Appreciate appreciate those insights and thoughts and and uh, a lot of wisdom of you know, like you said, it takes grass to you know. But it's like I always say: the more green on the on the on the pasture puts more green in your back pocket as well. And understanding that side of it and the connections on that. Um, you know, really, I mean, I could sit here and talk cattle and grazing all day, and I'm sure everybody would love to hear about that too, but love to really kind of maybe shift a little bit of the conversation and, and um, really kind of hear from you guys, uh, you know, your vision and, you know, of the ranch and how a conservation easement, you know, kind of became part of the subject and, or a potential tool for you and both uh, Deborah, yours and Emery's um, vision for the Birdwell Clark Ranch and what does it look like in the future? You know, we, both of us have just this um, very strong and intense desire and goal for the ranch to be left intact. Um, and I, I don't mind telling this, this is part of that sharing, but a couple of years ago, uh, a few years back, we had had some mounting financial pressures and it was everything due from weather to cattle health to a bunch of miscellaneous things. And we ended up having to sell a couple thousand acres of the ranch. And it was one of the darkest, darkest times in each of our lives. And we came out of that with just this notion that we never wanted to see another piece of this ranch uh, be fragmented, sold, taken away, developed. And we kept trying to figure out ways to keep it intact. And we weren't all that familiar with conservation easements. Um, we became motivated when we were concerned about our succession planning and what would be left for our children. And would they have to sell the ranch simply to pay estate taxes? So we were motivated from two different factors. One or aspects. One was just to keep the ranch intact, to see improvement moving forward based on the work that we had already done. And, and, and the fact that it was just a darn good ranch to begin with. And then the second, of course, as I'm repeating myself, was how did we do this in a financially prudent way so that we didn't leave our children nothing. Um, we, uh, I asked Henry Birdwell about a conservation easement and he said, he, he just, I'm just going to say it. He just said, I don't want any of those hippies coming in here and telling me how to run my ranch. And I said, well, okay. And then I, I brought up the name James Oliver and I said, um, what do you think, you know, you know, James? And he said, well, I like James Oliver. I said, well, 
James is working with Talk now. And would you care to meet him and visit with him about this? And he said, sure. So the next thing I know, we've got James Oliver here. And you want to tell how that went? Well, James and I go a long ways back to his banking days. And anyway, we, we got to be friends a long time ago. And uh, anyway, I trust him with all of it. And so that's, if he said it's okay, then I went with him. That, that night, the first night that James was here, um, well, he was only here one night. And, and we, as we went to bed, I just kind of wanted to gauge Emory about what he thought about um, the conversation. And he said, well, the first, this is the first time in 18 years that I think I'm going to get a good night's sleep. And, yeah. and that, that just had to do with what the possibilities were with the conservation easement. Yeah, I mean, one is James and I really appreciate Emory, you calling us hippies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just joking. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, that's a, that's a, I think there's a lot of myths, I guess, or misinterpretations of conservation easements. And, you know, it really starts with, and I think you said it well, Emory, it starts with, you know, a, a trusted partner that, you know, you know, you're going to be there, you know, side by side. And, you know, that partner, the, the easement holder, like Talt, um, is going to be a partner to your family for generations to come. And it really has to start with that trusted source. And, and um, you know, we, we take true pride into that. I mean, we have the best team there is, and I, I know I'm very biased, but, mm. but I can tell you that each and every one of our staff, um, first off, is, is about you and, and the family. And you know we we cherish the, that uh, that legacy and the and the heritage of where we all come from, and we want to be able to help empower you know not just your family but many other families across the state to be able to have that opportunity to to meet the goals and objectives as you really laid out, Deborah. Of you you know you want to keep it intact. You guys have worked really hard putting that ranch together, and just you know ups and downs and a lot of a lot of everything and it's so important to you and and for the family and uh we're just honored and blessed to to be part of part of it and help you well well you know one of the things that i we, we are very thankful about that and, and as a matter of fact i'm feeling very emotional today um, because we are so close, you know, we were within hours or days of signing this conservation easement. And, and by the way, I am an old hippie, so I take a little <laughs> bit of attention. But uh, the, what made Talt work for us is because it's your dedication, your, your, your mission statement about working lands and preserving working lands. And we didn't want this ranch to become a park and a passive green space. We wanted we the value in it and what improved it and what's helped it to um, go from 2,000 head of cattle to the the you know we bring in a lot more cattle than that these days, and six to eight thousand head of cattle and and what did that is because it is a working land it is a working right. ranch, and so your mission statement just touched us in a way that we thought okay we don't have to explain what we want. Um, you already knew that and your organization taught already knew that that principle and that value. 
Yeah, I mean, I think land stewardship takes active management and, um, you know, it takes those working lands to keep working, to keep providing, right? Not only for your family, but like I always say, beyond the fence line, right? Of Down to the community of that clean water and clean air and open space. And there's so many things that uh, you guys provide. And, and, you know, we want, we understand that and uh, very much so. Uh, for us, you know, for me, to, I know, and for Deborah also, uh, we want this ranch. It, it's not as good as it can be. It's it's just a fraction of what this ranch can be if it'll go on and carry on, and they can learn from it. Other people learn from it. The next generation, next generation, and this ranch keep progressing. It'll be better than any monument could ever be to us. It, a living legacy is what we're looking at. And it's not only for me, but for her parents and my parents and uh, the Cowboys that came before us. And so that's what I hope for. That's very well said, Emery. Um, you know, how, I, I guess, you know, a little bit more is, I mean, where do you, you know, beyond this conservation easement, you know, helping you meet that long-term vision and goal and that, that living, I guess, legacy. Um, you know, where does it go from here, I guess? I mean, what, where are, maybe rephrase it. I mean, what does your children think about it? And, you know, thinking about their children and so on. I mean, how does that, that, uh, conservation ethic and around this land and this easement being passed down. I mean, what are, how some of those conversations with, with your children have been and what are their thoughts? Well, two, two, uh, Kendall, Debbie's blood daughter and uh, my son are all in for us, all in it for us, but they really have no real interest in coming back here. Our son-in-law starts with him, Slick Robinson, and my daughter, our daughter, but uh, and granddaughter, and I think probably Slick and the granddaughter are the ones, huh? But are the ones that'll be leading this forward, and I'm trying to teach them as much as possible, and they're 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 leaning towards this coming in anytime now. So. That's great. Well, and our daughter and Lindsay too is is I mean they they are a unit. Lindsay and Slick and Hadley. Um, Lindsay is an attorney, and has a career in her own right. And just for them to be considering coming back to the ranch, that's a big transition for the entire family. Mm -hmm. um, I always tell people that you know we don't hold it against our children. We bought this ranch after they were gone. So right. this, this ranch is not something they grew up on. They didn't develop the intimacy with it. They haven't, they've only heard about the hard knocks and the joys. And so bringing them here to in, enjoy it and let it be theirs is important to us. Um, but learning that real conservation, that real stewardship piece of it, the, um, the regenerative, uh, you know, the regenerative nature of what we do and how we graze is something that you just, you gotta be here. You, you gotta be here to sense it and feel it and, and want it. Um, so that's truly, that's our hope that, that Lindsay and Slick and Hadley will come on in conjunction with their siblings. 
uh, but they will be the ones that will continue to make this place a working ranch. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. And it's neat to see the whole family come together, right? And the, everybody has their own part and peace and sacrifice. And, uh, you know, that's a true, true blessing. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I always kind of say this and, and, you know, we talk about, and I even mentioned it, right? A conservation easement is a tool, um, but in some sense, really it's the toolbox, right? Their tools uh -huh. are your grazing and your management land stewardship and all of those things and that easement actually is the the toolbox that holds all that knowledge and those tools together right to to be able to keep that legacy and heritage um down you know as we and you guys are, are feeling some of the pressure right of starting to and and as we are across this across the state i mean we're losing more land than anyone in the nation of our working lands and um you know as we and we're starting to get more and more interest in conservation easements and I think is great, especially on our working lands, um, you know, with these pressures of, of development and, uh, you know, all these other different pressures of, you know, more folks moving to the state, you know, these, these are true pressures that, you know, actually hinder our freedom to operate and things of that nature. Um, but however, you know, not all of our families, you know, across the state really understand the easements and how they work and that the aspect of it and how it can be um, simple, something useful for them. You know, I always say it's not, you know, it may not be the right thing for every family in every situation. And I think that's key to understand as well. But, you know, is there any other advice that both of you would like to give to other landowners who are considering, you know, easements on their property? Yes, something that I would like to share is that, you know, we thought our, uh, our stereotype, our assumption was that a conservation easement was too restrictive. Um, and what we've learned, and we didn't want to put that restriction on any of our adult children or our grandchildren. What if this is not where they need to be, or this is not the inheritance that works for them? So what we, when we learn though, that the conservation easement can, can be sold and uh, that our children would simply need to find a buyer that's interested in a conservation easement. Then we started learning that there was a, a not maybe not a demand, but there is a, a certainly an interest in lands with conservation easements. We suddenly realized that, man, we could have, we could have our cake and eat it too. We can right. provide for this working legacy for this land to stay intact and not constrain our children. So if after we're gone, this is something that, that they're not drawn to or it doesn't work out, at least they have the option to sell the ranch and the ranch still remains intact. I've, I wanna pass that on to people that might be listening um, to know that it is not a limiting factor. Putting your ranch into a conservation easement is not a limiting factor. Emery? Well, I totally agree. And it doesn't hit you till you start going east towards the other side of Decatur and see that rolling line of houses coming towards you and realize well, we need to stop that or we're going to be in deeper trouble than we're already in. And so that was our part to help do that. Yeah, uh, I think those are very, very great statements, right? And I think there's some of that misinter 
you know, misinterpretation or, or things that you still own the land and you can still sell the land. And it's just, you know, you just don't have that development side. And I think it's important. And, and you're, you're, I mean, you and Emory are a great example of um, meeting your wishes and that legacy. And, and you're okay if down the road, you know, it may not be what you expect, but there's another family that ends up with the ranch, but that ranch is staying that working lands and it's still providing all of those benefits. Um, I think is it's a really good, good point, um, Deborah, on that. Uh, any other? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I just, we were, our financial advisor had been talking to us for a few years about how we really needed to do our estate planning and succession planning. And Chad, it was just so sterile. I mean, everything about it seemed so, talk about limiting, that seemed limiting. Right. You know, divide the ranch up into three pieces, kids sell it, you know, all of that. And we could not, we could not get excited about planning for the future in that regard. It just seemed like it was over. It was all going to be over at the last of our passing. And so when this conservation easement opportunity just opened the doors for us, and now we're really, we know it's challenging, but we're looking forward to this next step of the estate planning. Whereas before, again, I'm repeating myself, but it just seems sterile and limiting and not at all any way regenerative or um, invigorating. You know, and I think too, is if we look at kind of the bigger picture and we look at the trends and we look at the things like Emory, you were talking about, you know, it, it Decatur and you start looking at the, the rolling lights and the rooftops, um, you know, we're seeing, we're losing a thousand acres a day of working lands. It's not going to be very much longer where um, I think when we see ranches at scale, those ranches are going to have easements on them. And so if anybody in the future that wants to buy a ranch at scale, it's, you know, it's, it's going to have a lot of value with that conservation easement, as you said, Deborah. All right. Yeah. We're hope so. Yes. <laughs> well, is there any other, you know, any other um, considerations or thoughts to that you may have to help other landowners as they're thinking through this? That you can think of. You got anything? No, we're just lucky you people are out there. Uh, I appreciate you being there to help us and being there in the future. Well, there's, I always say, Emory, there's two things that, that motivate me. And that's the, you know, the relationship of people to people. And the second is a relationship of people to the land. And there's not a better organization, you know, for me to, to work and, and be part of and, and help, help families like yourselves uh, than talked. And, and it's a true blessing every day. I've been here a little over two years and haven't worked a day yet. And, uh, you know, that it's, it's, it's being able to help, help you, Emory, and help you, Deborah. And uh, it's a true, true blessing for sure. Well, and about the time I've shared this with you, but about the time you think that that message is out there, you just keep telling that message again and again. And now you know you've got two new converts that will help with that. So that, uh, so that people that don't understand a conservation easement, 
can come and, and visit and firsthand um, talk with us. And indeed, that's what through TALT and your your our predecessors that have signed conservation easements, I do want to thank you for that and for each of those individual ranches and people that were most willing to be transparent and share with us what this process was like and is like. Yeah, no, I think that's important. And I think, you know, you guys are, are uh, our 38th family. You're number 38. And, right. and uh, you know, that's exciting. To me, that's the, that's, that's the metrics that keep me excited about and, and how do we, you know, how do we get another 38 families that we can help, right, with that legacy and heritage down. And uh, I appreciate you guys and, and all you do. And well, thank you. We, we certainly we certainly are appreciative of you guys and talk but, all of them. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're you're uh, getting close, Emory, of your last pot loads and and uh, maybe here in a few weeks you can put your feet up finally for a few weeks and then back at it, buy more cattle and and uh, back at it again. Uh, thank you. I just want to put my feet up and watch it rain. <laughs> that's good um well thanks again for uh joining us today and also uh just really thank you again for your vision and your foresight uh, and partnering you know having the confidence in us means the world's to me and uh we'll do everything we can and you know, as, as we sign here, like you said, in the next, you know, hours or sometime this week in this conservation easement, you know, we're, we're, you're, we're part of the family, you know, together. Yeah. And we're, we'll be there by your side and doing everything we can to help you and, and, and uh, future generations, um, you know, keep stewarding that land. So I just want you to know that it doesn't end um, as we sign, you know, talk doesn't go away and we're, we're not there to hinder or get in your way of the operation, but we're here to always be a resource and for you and, and help you. And we're excited about that. And we've tried to convey that to our kids as well, that they see you as family and as a support. And that's what we're all hoping for. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Yep. Thank you guys. And, um, I just want to thank uh, again our, our uh, listeners for joining today, and and I think you'll you probably just enjoyed just as much as I did of, of visiting with Emory and Deborah, and uh, look forward to for you guys to catch us again next time of Beyond the Fence Line. Uh, next, our next episode we're gonna kind of shift and and talk. Uh, our friends of Bamberg Native Seed are gonna sit with us, and we'll talk about. Uh, grass restoration and, and management of our native grasses. So uh, please join in and uh, look forward to it. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Beyond the Fence Line is brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust, dedicated to conserving the Texas heritage of agricultural lands, wildlife habitats, and natural resources. Find out more at txaglandtrust.org.